Happy Tuesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney's ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnson-directed feature, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Now, Jim, as we move in here to Minute 87, we arrive at a very special location, and in honor of that uh, location, of course, the uh, the famous Griffith Park Observatory, or excuse me, the Griffith Observatory at Griffith Park, uh, what a privilege uh, it is for us to be able to welcome the director of the Griffith Observatory, uh, an astronomer, a researcher, a prolific writer, a man with an amazing uh, res- resume. Uh, welcome, Dr. Ed Krupp. Thanks very much, and I wish I could say I also have a jet pack, but uh, I don't. <laughs> well, we know people. We yes, <laughs> yeah, we know people. We, yes. Yes. In fact, we even, yeah, we even know people who make them that work, if you yeah. don't mind flying for 10 minutes or less, but that's a start. Yeah. I uh, know uh, Griffith Park, is, it, the observatory and the grounds have been the site of so many different things. I mean, everything from, you know, like Bronson Canyon and the, the Bat Cave to, uh, gosh, uh, I mean, you could probably list the movies off better than I can, but I'm just thinking of uh, Rebel Without a Cause, uh, Bowfinger. Um, uh, and the old Gene Autry Phantom Empire. That was the first. That one actually oh, was amazing. filmed before the place opened. Uh, wow, it, really? Yeah, and and so it's a it's an indicator of the the long-standing bond between Griffith Observatory and Hollywood, and it's obvious to people in a sense that that of course it's a set for Hollywood and has been used uh, over and over again. But the influence between the observatory and Hollywood can actually be traced over the years. Hollywood's affected the observatory, and the observatory has affected Hollywood in terms of how it goes about uh, telling its stories. Uh, And uh, Rebel Without a Cause, you mentioned a moment ago, the key there is that after decades of of, uh, the observatory starring in in motion pictures, in Rebel Without a Cause, the observatory finally played Griffith Observatory. (laughs) Wow, it it's fantastic, and it it does get a, a nod here as it as itself too. Oh in, yeah, in, yeah, in our in our movie, which no uh, no question in the in the Rocketeer. I mean that that was the the place uh, of of key events, and and of right. course the observatory had to once again uh, be that that uh, point of uh, uh, concentration in Hollywood. Well, you were you were there, you were present at the filming of this uh, of this particular film. Uh, I certainly was around there at the at the time. In fact, more than the filming, the whole issue of negotiating uh, the filming of making it possible to to film at the observatory. It's not uh, so simple as as one might think, uh, because we're operating every day practically closed uh, one day a week and with an average attendance of uh, now about a million and a half. Uh, filming is a is a serious interruption, and the Rocketeer was even more serious than normal. So setting out to to actually make arrangements for that and contract for that uh, was tricky. And then, of course, it was major production here on the grounds. I know I've been to I've been to your beautiful observatory many times. And one thing that you are kind of in short supply of is uh, parking. And I'm just imagining on a typical movie production, there's all the trucks and the uh, the makeup trailers and all that other stuff and the lights and things just trying to find a place to put all that stuff to get ready for the the shoot must have been a logistic a logistics nightmare. Yeah, the the place is is isolated on a hilltop uh, and a postage stamp piece of property at that. So you're quite right. The the parking is limited. Now th- that that does not mean, in fact, it's inadequate for a film production. There's always uh, been enough room for film production, but 
it requires closing uh, the facility, or at least much of it uh, on the hilltop, uh, particularly for a big production like this, where the entire public parking lot has to be taken over by all the vehicles you just described. Yeah, it it, it must have been quite quite a thing. And then you know, get get them all out of the way while oh, they're yeah. shooting. I mean, it, yeah. It, uh, it, it is a beautiful scene. I was, I was wondering, you, you say that you are closed one night a week, which I'm assuming is, is where you try to aim the movie shoots that are that are done at night, at least, I think. Well, actually, almost all movie shots are, are uh, scheduled for Mondays when the observatory is normally closed. Um, there are sometimes exceptions, and if you wind up as a, someone interested in producing a film uh, and going to the observatory's website and having a, a, a look at the, the rules and regulations and all of that, um, we, you'll see we discourage filming at other times, try to funnel it all into Mondays, and even not all those Mondays are available. So the, it's a limited resource, but there have been occasions when filming has taken place at other times, which means closing to the public. And of course, that's what happened with The Rocketeer. It was a, a, a major impact on public access at the building. How many nights were you out, or how many days or nights? I would yeah, think. Yeah, that that was a full week. Uh, wow. That that was, and, it, and that was kind of unprecedented at the time. Um, I had already been used to accommodating film productions, uh, but nothing on the scale of, of uh, a full week being needed. And that's uh, not only difficult for an institution, but something like Griffith Park, which is open to the public, and of course you've got trails and roads and all other kinds of uh, ways of accessing here, and all of that's got to to be controlled. It's not an easy uh, prospect from the point of view of security when you're filming. I would imagine, and then uh, there, it probably there's there's so many ripples that go out from there. You, you, I, I'm assuming that you have a large uh, schedule set up with uh, schools and uh, and tourist buses and things like that, where you have a lot of people that are normally showing up on long scheduled events. So that that must have been a lot of moving around too. Exactly right. Uh, you, you try to uh, peg a time for that where there is minimum impact, and if you have enough warning in advance, and for something like this, we actually did. There, there was because this was such a big production. Planning was in place long before anybody showed up on the grounds, of course, and that meant that you could juggle the schedule a bit in order to accommodate it once it was determined that this was going to go forward. Would you say that this is the most complicated production that you've had at the place in, in your term there? You know, that that's actually a, a reasonable uh, question, and it's not one that I normally th think about, certainly from the perspective of how much time it took, and therefore uh, how, how many resources were deployed on the grounds by the, uh, the film company. It probably was the most complex that we've ever done. I've seen some pretty complicated things take place up here, but not over such an extended period of time. Uh when I know I've I've read through some of your rules and regs about how what kind of a film production you can do up there, and I noticed that a couple of things were waived, and most notably uh, smoke and flame effects, yeah. uh, which you generally I would imagine <laughs> when you're in a place like uh, like Griffith Park, you really don't want to get anywhere near fire in a location like that. Yeah, and and sometimes those things are actually permissible. I mean, there there are obviously the kinds of uh, activities up here, not just filming, uh, where where you've got to do something 
something unusual. Uh, we don't do crazy things. You know, we don't uh, shoot off fireworks in Griffith Park and light the place on fire. Uh, but in fact, uh, you, you have professionals at every level. The L.A. Fire Department, of course, is up here in force for, for filming. And, and so as a consequence, uh, some, some pretty interesting things have happened in production. But normally, we try to discourage it. And of course, anything that has any chance of, of, of spreading beyond a confined area just is, is not permitted. We're very sensitive uh, to aerial uh, activity as well. And it's not so much that there's really a problem with aerial, but uh, you, you've, you've got a, a, a monumental landmark building here. And it, it's, you just don't take chances. I mean, it's not it's not worth taking chances. It's sort of like, would you uh, land around the Washington Monument? Well, sometimes people do, but is that really a good idea? I'm not sure. So. Yeah. Well, actually, let, let's talk about your beautiful edifice there. Uh, it, it was uh, founded by uh, a fellow named Griffith W. Uh, Griffin, uh, as, as from what I understand, he yeah, was Griffith J. Griffith. Griffith J. Griffith. Excuse me. Uh, I think we're J. thinking Griffith. of D. W. Griffith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Very so different would, guy, but yeah, yeah. different, different, different. But yeah, different this, finish. This Griffith had a little bit of controversy in his life as well, but but more, I think it's more important that he's remembered for this uh, this amazing this amazing gift. Yeah, it's it's a kind of extraordinary story. Griffith J. Griffith, uh, quite distinct from D. W. Griffith, but an easy <laughs> uh, an easy mistake to make. And I mean, in my youth, I made the same mistake. You know, the the the, the Griffith that you know is D. W. Uh, from from Hollywood and all. But Griffith J. Griffith was an entrepreneur uh, in in the West, uh, uh, an immigrant as a kid from Wales, and uh, as he uh, uh, became a, a young man, uh, started working, moving west as a reporter, and and gradually found himself as an investor in various kinds of uh, industry, mining, cattle and such, and became wealthy and uh, purchased land in the Los Angeles area. And he was interested in a lot of things, including science. And he uh, he had a sensibility about the parkland. Uh, he owned all of this uh, Los Feliz Rancho uh, and made the gift of the park to to the city of Los Angeles, which really didn't want it at the time. It was well outside the city limits then, but was accepted. And then also had this notion of a public observatory. We tend to take it for granted today, uh, the era of planetaria and public astronomy and such. But back then, it was a pioneering kind of a notion. A few things have been done, but not many. But Griffith had some very specific ideas and left money in his will for uh, not only the, the construction of Griffith Observatory uh, in the Greek theater below us, but, but he had ideas about what it should be and how it should be that ultimately were translated into the architecture and the design of the building. I, I really enjoy being it, it is such a work of art when you go when you go through the, the middle of your building with the alcoves showing different I, I, I can't describe this adequately that the, the different uh, areas of uh, astronomy and physics and chemistry and just science in general uh, those, those little niches of, uh, yeah, of focus. The, the, uh, the original historic level of the building was is actually what it was. There's more space now there because we did this major $93 million renovation and expansion completed in, in 2006. But uh, on the historic level, you, you have these alcoves that were designed into the architecture of the original building, and they did house, just as you said, uh, displays, demonstrations of important physical and scientific principles. And because they're such a part of the architecture, when we did the, the redevelopment of the observatory, uh, we had a lot of this historic fabric that not only uh, did we have to save it, but we wanted to save it. And so that uh, that real estate has been remapped in all new exhibits, but ones that tell, again, a, a kind of a story about our experience with the sky. 
It, it's a beautiful. It's a combination. I mean, you you are at the you are overlooking Hollywood, and it's a beautiful mix of uh, of science and, for lack of a better word, entertainment. It's a very uh, engrossing. Uh, day that you can spend uh, at, at your observatory and night as well with uh, you, you still have uh, public uh, public viewings with the uh, with the telescope there oh yeah in fact the the Zeiss uh, 12 inch refractor uh, not the biggest telescope in the world but in fact more people have looked through that telescope than any other telescope on the planet and really? we deploy other telescopes of course uh, equally respectable but but uh, not with as, as long a history as that uh, on the front lawn every night so you you have exhibits, uh, telescopes, uh, other instruments that demonstrate how the sky and the universe works uh, on a daily basis uh, for, for people to come here. And, of course, the building is free, uh, as Griffith, uh, in, in fact, originally intended. The only thing for which there is a, a charge at the observatory proper uh, is the planetarium show. And, and, frankly, it's the cheapest in the world, so <laughs> short of free. So uh, it, it's, it's all been in, in, in keeping with the original gift that Griffith gave to the city. I would imagine that you have the most desired uh, window office of any place in Los <laughs> Angeles. That, that is such a fantastic vista uh, from from the back, your backyard there. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. It, it, you you make uh, a couple of interesting points. Uh, one of which has to do with just how people uh, thought of the observatory when we had to close in 2002. For five years, the place was closed while we we did this major restoration because the place had been loved to death. It was just worn out, uh, and uh, I, I was asked by uh, news. Uh, media, particularly television, what do you think people are going to miss the most? And I, I never blinked. I, I said the view uh, yeah. because th- people come here for the view and that that's not a shallow thing. Uh, view is incredibly important. I mean, that's what astronomy is all about is getting the view because the view creates perspective and that view of earth and sky and the horizon is in its way every bit as important as the view of the uttermost distant elements of the cosmos. It tells us something about who we are and where we are and what we're doing. So the view is not just a pretty picture. It really is one of those things that that helps explain what we're about. Uh, so the, the view is part of it, and you're quite right. My old office, uh, I, which I um, had to abandon when we did the redesign of the building, uh, had a spectacular window. It wasn't huge, it was, it was a normal window, uh, but it was wonderfully open to the west. We have a, a, a ideal western horizon here. You can see the entire span of the year from the summer sunset to the winter sunset and back again. Uh, and uh, I, I did not want to leave that window, uh, but I can tell you uh, we have a lot of other good windows now, and I'm sitting right in front of one and just look out and see the whole expanse of the Los Angeles Basin out before me. Oh, fantastic. Wow. So Now, Dr. Krupp, the, uh, as I understand, the observatory opened in 35, and you said the uh, that Phantom Empire, which came out, I think was released maybe early 35, so that was actually shot before the film or excuse me, before the observatory had opened. That's, that's uh, is correct. That correct. Okay. So our film here is taking place in 38. So in this sense, uh, you know, the observatory would be, uh, you know, would be about three years old. It would be a sort of fairly new thing. Um, maybe sort of a two-part question. First of all, is there anything that you notice in this minute? Is there anything that has changed so drastically about the exterior or any part of the grounds that we see uh, that would have been different uh, in 38 versus uh, 91 when the movie was shot? No, no, very good question. And obviously it was important to, to Disney and, and the people making the film as well. But part of the charm of the observatory is, this, especially from the uh, the perspective of the exterior, uh, that uh, 
that uh, I guess I guess you'd say that profile that the the building presents and and just its architecture as well is virtually unchanged. Now there's foliage. I mean, if you looked at uh, the earliest pictures of the building uh, right when it opened, uh, it was pretty bare uh, on the grounds and all. But I mean, there was grass and the, and there were plants and and so in the Rocketeer, it looks very much like it's supposed to look. Those those small kinds of differences uh, it really re- would require a very careful examination of of different photographs and that's a sensibility that persists even to today when we were doing the master plan for the renovation of the observatory we knew that it was important to make the experience essentially the same that when people encountered the observatory it had to look familiar to them because it is in fact the hood ornament of los angeles and and an icon (laughs) in in the landscape so yeah the the integrity of the image uh in the rocketeer is is sound uh and and certainly you know it's fun to look at that that film again too because the building looks great uh in it you know the astronomer's monument uh, uh around which he comes where the sundial is located there and, and that spotlighting of Galileo's face in the sculpture, and then the facade of the building. All of that is, is just classic Griffith Observatory. Uh, what, was the Astronomer's Monument there in 38? Oh, Would yeah. It have been- yeah, de- definitely. That that actually, the, the Astronomer's Monument uh, was, in a sense, a late addition to the planning of the observatory. It was not part of the original design, but it was one of the few things that is attributable to what we would now call the WPA, Works Projects Administration, uh, that w- was taking place at that time in, in the wake uh, still of the Great Depression. That um, uh, was funded and, and actually uh, uh, had a, um, uh, a ceremony uh, for its opening very close to the time of the opening of, of the observatory. So it, it's really been there from the beginning. Now, when this minute opens, we see the astronomer's uh, monument there, the close-up of the uh, of the the heads. Is that uh, am I right? That's Herschel, Newton, and Kepler. Yeah. The well, I think actually the 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 image that you see most in that is is Galileo. But in fact, uh, as you go around the monument, you're quite right. You do see uh, Herschel. Uh, okay. You do see Newton. You do see Kepler. Uh, and then uh, also you pick up Copernicus, of course, and Galileo, and and then uh, Hipparchus, uh, not a name uh-huh. that's that's known to many people, but extremely important in the early history of astronomy. Even William Herschel is not that well known to many people, but he, he did discover the seventh planet and, in, yeah. in fact, opened up the universe to the galaxy of stars uh, with his, his so-called stargazing. Well, and it's interesting, too, that Herschel it seems to be well-recognized within NASA. When you read a bit about him online, you find lots of his sort of missions and and places named after him. And, yeah. and so you see you see a lot of uh, homage there, but you're absolutely right. As a, as a total layperson when it comes to this sort of thing, uh, his was not a name that resonated that strongly with me. I'm not the rocket scientist that Jim is. But uh, and then uh, Hipparchus was uh, was not a name I've come across before. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit. But but there you go. That's why we have an astronomer's monument. So. <laughs> Very good. Well, sir, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your comment about Griffith Park being the hood ornament of L.A. that was number one. That was brilliant. Number two, I, I guess that means the astronomer's monument is sort of the hood ornament of Griffith Park because it has that. It's just it, it, right out front there. It, it's right out in front. And, and people, you know, when you think about it, uh, it's not just the building that we have to preserve uh, for that experience. People people have to 
work to get here. I mean, you got to come through the city, you got to come uphill, and when when you get there, the experience uh, of getting here needs to be preserved. And then, of course, that great vista. Uh, when you get up to this point and look out, uh, you don't want to be obstructing the view. And while there is is much uh, to be said uh, around the city for uh, uh, making sure there are lots of trees planted in shade, here at the hilltop, we need an open view. That's what it's all about, yeah. observing. I, 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 can, I can vouch for you on... When you're heading up the hill there, and what I always think of as the Toontown Tunnel, yeah. uh, <laughs> climbing out of there, and just as you as you come around the big horseshoe there, and and there's the big reveal, especially yeah. in, at night, it's it's just a, such a fantastic feeling to see. It's like going to Disneyland, only yeah. it's a it's a real building here. Um, but uh, and it's it's nice watching in in this film. If I'm correct, uh, that big uh, uh, Rolls Royce that pulls up is actually going the wrong way, isn't it? It's it, counterclockwise, it, I think. In that. No, no it's, it's, it's actually okay, although uh, most vehicles uh, are never permitted where that one went. Uh, okay. But that is, that is a driveway. That's a service okay. driveway. Uh, leads to uh, what, what would be called the East Loading Area, but uh, inside the building we call it the James Dean Memorial Loading Area, <laughs> okay. uh, where the famous uh, uh, punctured tires uh, and, yeah. and crowbar business uh, took place. Uh, but uh, so service vehicles do go up up there, and uh, the, the the rest now the 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 road is a one way loop. But in fact, uh, in the 30s and and when the Rocketeer was made, uh, it was a two way road. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's such a great great look on there, and the, the camera just slowly oh, moving yeah. down, and and uh, and Lothar getting out of yeah. <laughs> the cab. Yeah. Um, were you there that night of that particular sh- shot? Or? No, no, I actually was not uh, present, and I'm normally not present uh, at the uh, the times of actual filming. As you probably know, film production is an incredibly slow process uh, that that just goes on interminably, uh, and uh, I was here during the days. Uh, as usual, you know, dealing with uh, observatory business and, and for the most part just monitoring, particularly with other staff members, okay, are we all right, is everything intact, have we broken anything, and, and, and so on. Uh, so I actually wasn't present. And also, um, the, the, the truth is that it's not very helpful to production companies uh, to have observatory staff members all over the place. We have key people out there, but we try not to pepper the place with spectators because they're doing a job uh, as well. I understand. Do you have, I would imagine there's somebody in your in your organization that is like the film liaison. That oh, no question. The- yeah, it, it, that belongs to, to the operations wing uh, of the observatory. And uh, when, when you need to uh, explore filming here or actually follow through and get a date and, and, and arrange it, uh, we have key staff members starting with our operations manager who actually facilitate that process so a quick question uh, uh for me that uh i've always been curious about um I, I would imagine and maybe this is better suited for your operations people so if i'm putting you on the spot i do apologize but you obviously have to think of the observatory's image and and its reputation and its you know its status as a landmark um is it often that uh, that that a production company comes to you and, and and wants to use the site in a certain way, and you have to say no? Um, it's not often uh, because first, it's expensive to use the place. Right. Uh, we do charge for that, and the 
access is very limited because there aren't that many dates that are available. I mean, th- this place is open to the public most of the time sure. and, and into the night and weekends and all. And, and so the options for that uh, tend to... Uh, to limit rather naturally uh, a lot of the inquiries that are made, but we do require a review of the detailed script of what is actually going to take place, uh, both uh, from the point of view of, of uh, dialogue and, and how the place is treated. Um, it's a tricky little business in terms of uh, uh, how far it's even appropriate to go in impeding uh, what you'd regard as uh, free expression. I mean, sure. we're a government uh, institution, and we don't go around censoring uh, people's uh, productions in that way, but we do pay attention to make sure that really atrocious things do not happen and things that aren't permitted to uh, take place uh, don't happen. Uh, so it, it's a fine line, that, uh, and, and I wind up uh, being one of the people that reviews everything when something is, is proposed. That's very interesting. Wow. Well, I'd like to pick up this conversation a little bit more tomorrow. We're, we're, we'll talk. Uh, there, we get another another great view of uh, of, of the observatory. Um, but let's let's hold off. While you don't want to run everybody's batteries down while they're on their treadmills listening to the show. Um, but we'll we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who would like to talk about this a little bit more on social media, we're of course always available at the regular sites. Uh, Twitter. You can find us at Rocketeer Minute. Uh, Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rocketeer Minute. The great big site uh, RocketeerMinute.com, where you can catch up on previous episodes. And uh, if we've already finished this whole series, you can catch up on future episodes. Uh, you find us on uh, iTunes or Google Play just by typing in uh, Rocketeer Minute and uh, clicking search, and off, you'll find us there. You can subscribe and get this delivered every day, Monday through Friday. Um, so we'll, we'll pick this up and talk more about uh, Griffith Park here tomorrow on the Rocketeer Minute. So until next time, over and out. Over and out.